What is going on, everybody? This is Mike Hughes, and you're listening to Mike on the Mic. Everything sports-related YouTube channel and podcast, if you didn't know before. I'm currently recording this right now on both the podcast and YouTube, so if you don't have time listening to this full thing, you can definitely check it out on YouTube, um, Spotify, Apple Music, whatever you listen to, whatever platforms you use, I'm most likely on there. Um, but with that being said, we are T-minus six days until the Chicago Bears NFL season of the 2021-2022 season kicks off. I believe it's at 6.30 or 7.30 in LA against the Los Angeles Rams. Can't wait for it. I'm very excited. But today we're going to talk about a couple of things that are kind of concerning to me and then some things that I'm excited about. I'm really excited about um, you know, the future of this team, where we're going, the direction we're going. There's a lot of positive things to take um, with this team. My one issue that we're going to start off the bat is, and I feel like we start off the bat every time like this. We start off talking crap about Matt Nagy. Um, It's just something that we do. It's a conversation we always have. I love to have it. I've been having it um, since 2019, towards the end of 2018 season, Um, especially towards the end of the 2018 season when there were very questionable moves moves made, Um, especially in that Philadelphia Eagles game that, you know, we all remember being Cody Parkey's fault, but we're going to get into a little bit on why it may not have been his fault. Um, There's a lot of options right now. There's a lot of potential of guys we can add to this roster before the season starts or maybe sometime during the season. Um, Richard Sherman, a lockdown Hall of Famer, a a cornerback legend, um, one of the best DBs out there in the free agent market right now is still available. We're going to get into a bunch of topics like that, talking about Justin Fields, talking about all the other rookie QBs such as Trevor Lawrence, uh, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, Trey Lance, Keelan Mond, and, and, and so many others. Um, there's actually not so many others, but there's also guys like Joe Burrow, Tua Tungavailoa, um, and, and Justin Herbert that are going in the year two, but never really got a full year one. Um, so we're going to be getting into that. We're going to be having these conversations about why is Justin Fields sitting and what's the real story behind it? Is it really truly what Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace say? Is it, is it being wanting to be a development year? Um, or is there some backstory to this that we're not really evaluating right now? And I think that's exactly what I want to get into right now, actually. I'm just going to skip right into it. I don't care. Um, we're going to have this conversation and we're going to make it pretty brief. Um, because I did talk about it in my last podcast, if you didn't check that out. But I definitely want this message across. For me right now, um, there's a lot of talk going around saying, oh, well, rookies, rookie QBs, that is, need a full year of development. You can even make that case for a tight end or a cornerback or a DB or any, or any way you look at it. It's usually that standard that we need more than just one year before we could put them on the field. But that's been changing. That's been changing throughout the league with the amount of talent that's been being produced from college at a very high level. These are national champion type guys. You know, like they're ready for the big leagues. They've been with Nick Saban. They've been with Dabo Sweeney. They've been with so on and so forth of all these amazing head coaches that I truly believe set these guys up for success and are ready for the NFL right away. The only thing that might hold them back is the transition period where the, you know, the game's moving a little fast and they just kind of need to get that timing down and get that confidence level up um, so that they're able to be successful in what they do. So with that being said, you know, you're you're watching these rookies come in right now. Um, you know, Trevor Lawrence is starting QB for the Jaguars. You know, they had an experienced guy in Gardner Minshew. They don't have a great team. They're definitely still in a rebuilding year, whether Trevor Lawrence is successful or not. Trevor Lawrence could throw over 5,000 yards, and I'd still tell you they're in a rebuilding year. Like, that's just truly how I feel. They do not have amount, the amount of talent 
um, on that roster to make a push for the Super Bowl this year. So with that being said, they should be tanking. However, they're still starting Trevor Lawrence. Why? Because he's a national champion, because he's the best projected uh, QB out of that draft, because he's ready for the big stage right now. Same with Zach Wilson out of BYU for the New York Jets. Another team that's not ready to win now, um, but definitely feels like, you know, okay, we're going to start this kid just because we want to see what he can do and we want him to continue to develop. And the best way to develop is by playing. I mean, the only way to truly learn is by going out and doing that. I just truly believe that. I believe if you hold a clipboard for the majority of the year and are just the practice dummy in practice and you're just trying to learn the most you can from the guys around you, um, it can either set you up for success like Patrick Mahomes when he had, you know, Alex Smith, um, an amazing quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs and, and for sure someone of that franchise that will always be respected. Um, one comeback player of the year has has beaten adversity so many times. Um, you have Andy Reid, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, of course, Matt Nagy for a small period of time. Um, so that so that's great. That's great for you. But in the case of Mitchell Trubisky with the Chicago Bears, where it was Mark Buttfumble Sanchez and, and Mike Glennon as the guys mentoring you and John Fox as your head coach who's a defensive-minded guy um, who couldn't even get that defense right, it, it was one of those things where it was like, like, that just doesn't make sense. You just throw the kid in, screw it, forget it, throw everything out because there's nothing this kid's going to learn from those two individuals um, or from just sitting. So at one point they did throw him in. You know, they forgot about it. They forgot about Mike Glennon's contract. They forgot about everything they just did and tried to build with him. Um, and those relationships, they cut those ties and they just got him off the team the very next year. So for me, um, with Justin Fields, it's like, you have a different situation. Um, and before we get into Justin, I also want to say, you know, Trey Lance, you know, even though he's not QB1 right now for San Francisco, there's talk that Kyle Shanahan's going to rotate him in throughout the offense. You know, they're going to have a good one-two combo punch. Um, so for me, it, it's one of those things where it's like, all right, well, even Trey Lance is going to some most likely after, you know, he gets his fingers um, splint or whatever they define that injury as figured out. Um he is going to share snaps with Jimmy Garoppolo from time to time. And, and you know, Mac Jones, Bill Belichick of all people, Bill Belichick cuts Cam Newton and, and says, we're rolling with Mac Jones. Roll Tide, we got this. You know, he worked with Nick Saban. Nick Saban and I were, you know, um, coaches together with um, the Cleveland Browns and, and a couple other times. They're like best friends. And I feel like, you know, Nick probably told him like, this kid's ready, you know. And after, you know, a couple preseason games, Bill started to really believe it. Um, so for me... You're looking at this situation, you're going, wow, you know, like Joe Burrow got the starting job in year one. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones, you know, Justin, uh, or not Justin, Zach Wilson, pardon me, um, you know, and and now Trey Lance is getting opportunities. Justin Herbert ended up winning rookie of the year. You know, he got his opportunity when Tyrod Taylor went down. Um you know, and, and you also saw Tua Tungavailoa. He struggled a little bit, but he also made some great plays last year in his rookie year. So you're starting to see QBs um, that are in their rookie year really showing out and really showing up. And, and, and you're really starting to believe in that. Um, in Justin Fields' case, I don't think it's a development year. I think out of all of those guys we just named, Justin Fields has the most opportunity for success if he is QB1. Out of all of those rookie QBs. Um, rookies, that is, you know, Joe Burrow and all them don't really count, but I still believe if you put, throw them into it, Justin Fields has the most weapons around him and the best offensive coordinator and the best play caller. If they fill that need, you know, if they are what they are claimed to be, if Matt Nagy goes back to 2018, Matt Nagy, that's perfectly fine. Bill Lazor, if he, you know, continues to do what he did towards the end of those last five games as a play caller, I mean, he looked pretty good. Um, 
four in a row, four games in a row winning is a pretty solid end of the season, no matter who you were playing. But for me, you know, you have Darnell Mooney, you have Allen Robinson, you have David Montgomery, you have Williams out of Kansas City, you have Tariq Cohen coming back sometime after week six. Um, maybe sooner, we'll see how that goes. You know, you have Cole Komet, Jimmy Graham, um, the list goes on and on, Marquise Goodwin, um, maybe Daz Newsome at some point. You know, it's one of those things where it's like, and you have a decent offensive line, don't get me wrong. Like, I know Tevin Jenkins is banged up right now with after having a back surgery, but you just bring in Jason Peters, who's a nine-time pro bowler. He's 39 years old, but he doesn't play like he's 39 years old, so it's perfectly fine. Um, I understand you don't want to feed Justin to the Wolves week one against Aaron Donald and a pissed-off Leonard Floyd, um, who had an amazing year last year with uh, the Los Angeles Rams. But it's also the point to me where it seems like, to me at least, um... Matt Nagy, the only reason, the only real reason that you can tell me that Justin Fields is, isn't starting week one is because Matt Nagy will use that as leverage when his job is on the line, which it already is. He's on the hot seat at the end of the season. He will be able to walk into Ryan Pace's office and look at him straight in the face and say, you can't fire me because I went 12-4, and 8-8, and 8-8, eight, eight and, eight, and whatever the record of this year is, without a real QB1. Justin Fields did not start from week one from the very beginning. Um, he'll use that as leverage. Give me a, a year two Justin Fields and a full year of him, and then make your decision on whether or not to fire me. It's really just to save his ass for another year. That's how I truly look at it. Um, you can't tell me otherwise, because... Based off of what we saw in preseason, Justin Fields looked immaculate. Andy Dalton's getting booed off the field. He's not throwing completions. He's not making good decisions. Um, he looks slow. He's not mobile. He's trying to move. It's a difference. It's a lot. It's a lot uh, better difference than uh, comparison-wise than Nick Foles, who doesn't even make an effort to get out of the pocket. Um, but it's one of those things where it's like the only reason you don't want him to start is because if you have a full year of Justin Fields and you still come up short. You're gone, bro. You're gone. So for me, that's the real reason why he wants the McCaskies. He wants Ryan Pace to understand that he still needs a full year of Justin Fields, um, which is going to be very unfortunate because we don't know what's going to happen with Roquan Smith. We don't know what's going to happen with Allen Robinson or a couple other free agents. So whether or not you go into year two with Justin Fields, it doesn't mean he's going to be in a good situation to succeed. Um, I know I'm rambling right now, but that's that's truly how I feel about it. I truly feel like Justin Fields should be starting week one. There's no doubt about that. Um, even Justin is 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 at a point where he's starting to make claims and he's starting to have this ideology of um, just supporting Andy Dalton and Nick Foles and letting them do their thing and fully supporting Matt Nagy's decision. And he's making claims saying, quote, um, I'm paraphrasing, of course, but he's saying, you know, greatness doesn't happen overnight, blah, blah, blah. You're great, kid. You're great, and and maybe you aren't NFL great yet, but I promise you, if you got thrown in there right now, you'd 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 catch a few guys slipping. I really do feel that way. Um, yes, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, Leonard Floyd, and you know Sean McVay are a hard Week One to go against. Um, especially Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, Higby, and and all those guys they've added so far. But it's it's also one of those things where it's like that's the best opportunity. That's the best opportunity to show us what you're made of. Um, whether you win that game or you lose that game, whether you play great or you play awful, I feel like truly um, that's the best opportunity for you to just 
ball out and just give it your best. And at the end of the day, we understand as fans, we understand as a fan base that this isn't the product that you're going to be your entire career, but it's a great starting point. It's giving us an idea of, okay, here's where we are and here's where we want to be. You holding a clipboard while Andy Dalton, the red rifle, um, who, who can exceed expectations? I truly do believe that Andy Dalton could be decent. There's no doubt about that. I'm not saying he can't. I expect decent things from him. Um, this will probably be the most talented roster he's had in a very long time, um, not counting uh, the Cowboys because he had COVID and then he had the concussion. He never really got to um, have a fully healthy season and a fully healthy gel with these guys. He was brought in very quickly after Dak Prescott's, uh, I believe it was, what, it was an ankle injury or some kind of leg injury that was season ending. He did not expect to play. He was signed on that one-year deal. He did not get a lot of time to know these guys and understand these guys. Now Andy Dalton has a full year as QB1 or a full offseason as QB1. There was not one point in time where, you know, um, Matt Nagy said, all right, Justin Fields is QB1 today, except for that, play, um, that final preseason game where Andy Dalton pretty much got rest. Um, but for me, it's one of those things right now we're having a conversation about it. It's it's really, really sad. It's really sad on a Matt Nagy standpoint because all you ask for is a quarterback. And then we give you one and you say, all right, but I don't want him this year. Well, Allen Robinson's on the franchise tag and he is not making it he is not making it clear that he wants to be here. He is not making it clear that he doesn't want to be here, um, but he wants his money. And we all know the McCaskies. We all know how they operate. They always give money to the wrong guys. Um, so truly... Do I trust them in paying both Allen Robinson and Roquan Smith? No, I really don't. Um, I think it's going to be one or the other, and there's a potential that it's neither. Um, that's going to be really unfortunate, especially with Danny Trevathan being out for three weeks now with another injury. Um, Alec Ogletree is going to fill in those shoes, you know, Josh Josh Woods, um, and so on and so forth. But to move on to the next topic, you know, we're talking about week one. Like, what are my expectations for week one um, with this defense and Sean Desai going into year one as his first year as a defensive head coach? Um, he's the defensive coordinator. He's in charge. He's been in the system since 2012, 2013, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you know, he's been here towards the end of Lovey. He's been there for Tressman. He's been there for Fox. He's been there for um, Fangio. He's been there for Pagano. He's been there for all these guys. And at the end of the day, you know, he's a DB's coach as well. That's That, that was his position. He was, he was the specialty of the DB's, um, defensive backs. You know, you live under a rock. But um, it's one of those things where it's like, it's very different. You know, I'm very used to seeing defensive coordinators who are so pass rush heavy, defensive line heavy, or linebacker heavy. Um, you, you rarely get a guy whose main focus off the bat um, at least in my experience, is, is, you know, favoring the DBs, which I think is a great, um, a great tribute to have, especially because that's where we lack the most. Um, and you've already seen it in preseason. I feel like Chuck Pagano squandered so many opportunities with this pass rushing ability. Um, you know, you have Khalil Mack, you have Roquan Smith, you have Robert Quinn, um, Eddie Goldman's back now officially, and, and you have Akeem Hicks and, and, I think I already said Roquan Smith, but if I didn't, Roquan Smith, Bilal Nichols, Travis Gibson, a lot of guys, Danny Trevathan, you know what I mean? Like, you have some dogs on this team, um, and Sean Desai is using that to his full ability, and I love that, and I think that's going to make it a lot easier for this exposed um, defensive back unit because, you know, um, true, um, I forget his name, true fan, uh, I forget his name, I forget his name, I really do, I'm gonna look it up for you guys right now, I always forget it, but they cut a lot of the guys on the Chicago Bears defensive back unit, um, it, it's one of those things where it's like, 
I, I really hope they sign a guy like Richard Sherman. I don't care what anybody says. Richard Sherman with Jalen Johnson right now, Kendall Vin- Vildor, um, Duke Shelley. I think that would be a great locker room um, adjustment, I guess you could say, because it's one of those things where, you know, you get rid of Kyle Fuller and, and you really don't. Desmond Trufant. It was Desmond Trufant. I always mess up his name. Um, I always mess him up with Deplet from uh, from Cleveland. So it's it's and uh, LSU. It's one of those things where I always mess them up, and I don't know why. Um, but you cut him. He was a veteran. He was experienced. He was you know reliable, relatively healthy. Um, you still have Artie Burns as well, but Artie Burns is coming off that ACL injury. Um, hasn't really played since 2019, and and that didn't even really go that well with the Steelers. Um, so we'll see how that works out. But for me. It, it, it's one of those things where like Eddie Jackson's been taking a step back. I'd love to see an amazing year from Eddie Jackson. I'm hoping we get a 2018 Alabama type or an Alabama type um, defense from Eddie Jackson because the second he got that paycheck, it kind of seems like he's taking a couple steps back. And I don't know um, if that's because the way Chuck Pagano was so passive um, with the with the pass rush. You know, I I feel like. You know, um, we're all, we all go into this hand in hand. If one guy falls, it, it, it messes up the next guy and so on and so forth. So if Khalil Mack's not doing his job, that messes up Roquan Smith. If Roquan Smith can't do his job, guys are getting past him. That leaves that on the DBs. If the DBs are getting overworked, that's harder for Eddie Jackson, um, Travis Gibson, HaHa Clinton Dix, Adrian Amos, whoever was there at the time, um, Deion Bush even at some point. You know, it's one of those things, though. Where I still see, I still see a lot of times that Eddie's missing tackles or Eddie's missing easy wrap ups or as he, Eddie's just not batting the ball down. He's going for the interception. It's one of those things where I just need him to be him and do his job. I feel like sometimes he gets a little bit too um, into the game and into his own stats. And I, I, I'm not, I'm not saying he's a stat patter. I'm not saying that by any means. I'm just saying I think he's always trying to help the team the best way he can. Um, and that's trying to make the big time plays, but sometimes just doing your job is enough. Um, and and I know, you know, me speaking on that, I used to play safety. I used to play corner. Um, I only played at a high school level. So it's like, who am I to speak? Who am I to speak on any of that? So it's, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, like Mike knows what he's talking about, but he does he really. And I, and and to, to his credit, I don't, you know, I never played college ball. I'm not in the NFL. I know he knows his job better than anybody, but I'm just trying to point out the fact that at the end of the day, it's noticeable. And if I'm noticing it, other players are noticing it and they're going to take full advantage of that. But hopefully year two with um, Tashawn Gibson it is a lot better. Um, you know, they have another year together. I thought him and Cla- ha- uh, pardon me, haha, Clinton Dix would be very good um, just because they're both from Bama. You know, him and Adrian Amos were a great one, too, because Eddie's more of a ball hawk where Adrian's more of a... Um, a knock you on your ass kind of guy. You know what I mean? Like that went hand in hand together. And I love that. Um, so I wish we could have that again, but I also like Gibson. I think he can be very, very, um, um, useful for this defense. And I think it's going to be very successful. Um, but you know, that's the one thing with Matthew Stafford, as long as you make sure that he gets that ball out of his hands early on, don't let him sit in that pocket. Don't give him that opportunity to just sit there. Um, and make decisions because he's going to find Cooper Cup down there. And if Kendall Vildor is on there, we don't know what we have in him yet. So I would not expose that opportunity week one. Um, I, I think there's a lot of things to do. I think there's a lot of things to fix. I think Richard Sherman is definitely one of those opportunities we should invest in. Um, but with that being said, you know, week one prediction. What's my prediction of the final score of the game? Um, man, it, it's my two early predictions. If, if it, today is, um, I didn't even tell you guys the date. Today is September 7th, Tuesday, 2021. So the game is Sunday night, bearing injury. 
um, bearing something crazy happening in the next couple of days, knock on wood that it doesn't, um, with the Bears or the Rams. I, I think it's going to be, I would say, I'm going to say Bears win. 24 to 21 on Sunday night football. That's what I'm going to say. 24 to 21. Cairo Santos, game winning field goal. Um, I think this is going to be a great game on both sides. I think it's going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be really fun. Um, whether you like Andy Dalton or not, he has the weapons to be successful. Um, I think it's all going to matter on Matt Nagy running the ball. We have to see him run the ball better. That's something we haven't seen in years. Um, we haven't seen at all in the Matt Nagy era. You know, Jordan Howard comes off multiple thousand yard seasons. Um, and then Matt Nagy just completely throws him out of there and sends him the, <laughs> sends him to Philly for nothing. Um, Tariq Cohen's been underused. David Montgomery doesn't get utilized the right way. Um, now you have Pat, you had Patterson, you had Lamar Miller, didn't use him at all. Um, now you have Williams, Khalil Herbert, David Montgomery, Tariq Cohen, and so on and so forth. Um, I'm really excited to see what we have with this defense or with this, uh, running back unit. Um, so that's really all I got for you guys today. I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited for this Bears season. Um, it's been way too long. I got my new cap. Um, it's not going to be the cap I wear all the time, but it's, it's a dope aspect. Um, my dad, Gyrus Assault, um, his favorite player ever was Walter Payton. Um, and it's a dope lid. Uh, it's probably backwards on the screen. I'm not sure how it'll show for you guys, but it's 34. I think it's pretty hard. I think it's pretty dope. I think you guys should check it out. Um, I got it at Clark Street Sports. I love Clark Street Sports. I find all my good stuff there. I'm also a big fan of Fanatics. So Fanatics, if you ever do catch this, um, sponsor me. I'll, I'll wear whatever you send me. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyways, um, that's all I really got for you guys today. Um, I also kind of wanted to give out some breaking news. I don't like the lighting right now. Um, but the ASAP network that I've been a part of the last six to seven months has been flourishing and we're doing amazing things and I'm very excited about it. Um, we've been booming, you know, on, on, I have a, it, it's, it sounds super lame. Uh, I have a TikTok account. I have the podcast account and both of those have reached over 2 million views and uh, with all the videos. And, and I think that's insane to me. I think we're doing something on a level right now that really hasn't been done before. Um, I'm really excited to continue to branch that out. And the ASAP network has been doing good as well. We're sponsored by Fox D now. Um, you can catch me on TV now. You know, I'm on TV with the ASAP network, my crew, Freddie, Ray, Jay, um, Charles, and, and so on and so forth. Of just um, William. There's so many amazing guys I work with on this network. Um, you can catch me on Apple TV, Roku TV, Google TV, um, and we're also working out other deals with other TV networks. So you could catch us on TV. We're doing something never heard of before. This is a new opportunity. This is a new world that we're entering. Um, and luckily, Fox D gave us this opportunity to be great. And, and that's exactly what we're going to do. We're not going to squander this opportunity. I hope to make you guys proud. Um, continuing to do what I love. Um, I'm back in school. So that was just a little update on why I haven't been posting videos so much or talking about the Cubs. It's because I've been working at Wrigley Field all summer long. Um got hired by them in 2020 and I've been working with them since. Um, but now that's wrapped up. I'm done with that. So you're going to expect a lot of videos with Brennan Davis, Cole Franklin, Riley Ridley, hopefully Greg Dykeman, um, and, and many other guys. You know, I'm really excited to see what this Cubs team um, has been stored for the future. We're, in st we're still in talks with Pedro Strope. He's very busy in what he's doing right now, but we're hopefully going to have a conversation about that. Um, Right now, I'm also talking to a couple members of the Chicago Bears. That That's a surprise for you guys, but it's it's some legends, and I'm really excited about that. They're all in on coming on the show. Um, they just need to find out their availability and, and when they can come in and matching it with mine, with school and everything. So 
I'm really excited about it. Um, the last thing I kind of just wanted to say, and and not to not to just you know um, repeat myself all the time, but I just want to say thank you. Uh, thank you to everybody listening to this. Thank you to Nietzsche. Thank you to my friends. Thank you to my family, um, who continue to just inspire me every day to be the person that I am. Um, without you guys, you know, we started this. We started this, I believe, on Halloween 2020, and and that's when I started making these podcasts because Matt Nagy pissed me off in a way. I forget what he did, but he did something to where I told my boy Kevin from Bears Nation Podcast, who also inspired me with this. I told him, I go, this is it. Like, this is this is the final straw. Um, I'm done. I need to talk about this. And and then after that day, we just kept pushing. Um, and, and it went from me being my only viewer. I'd go on a separate account and start and start um watching, listening to my own uh, podcast just so I had a viewer. Um, and now we're getting like over 2 million views. Like that, that's insane. That's insane to me to think that that's even a possibility or a real life opportunity. Um, but yeah, so I just want to say thank you guys for that. Um, I hope to continue to keep pushing and keep the momentum going because I mean, it's all love from here, right? (laughs) But, um, with that being said, thank you guys for listening. This is Mike Hughes from Mike on the Mic. Peace out.